0: Hello, and thank you for watching with your ears. We are the uh, fundamental nerds. I am (laughs) Angie. And my name is Nate. (laughs) And together- Watching
1: with your ears yeah okay okay yeah i mean why not i I, I just went with it i i can dig (laughs) it i can get behind that um Uh, we're the we're we're the the fundamental Fundamental nerd podcast we did it (laughs) we did it we got there yeah oh that's staying in oh that's staying in. we're using that one that's fantastic for sure (laughs) um so uh your name is Andrew and my name is Nate, in case that I didn't get into the, the intro in some way. I
0: think you did, but yeah, just in case, yep, I'm Andrew, you're Nate, yep, and uh, this week we have something a little bit different, uh, well actually for the next few weeks we have um, something a little bit different, we're doing um, uh, some cooperative play instead of our uh, player one player two.
1: Yeah, uh, Where we decided that uh, we just want to spend the next seven episodes talking about something that's very near and dear to both of us. That's right. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yep. We're, we're going to do uh, every episode is going
0: to be one of the book slash movies. So we're going to start at one and go all the way up to seven. Yep. And there will definitely be spoilers in each one of these. So if you're trying to figure out whether or not you should um, listen or read um, Harry Potter, um, the answer is just yes. Stop this. Go Go listen to it.
1: Yeah, uh, well, we're going to have two weeks between each episode. Um, in my opinion, two weeks is enough time to read a Harry Potter book. They're pretty easy reads, in my opinion. Yep. Um, the movies are really fun to watch, too. They're both kind of together, but separate entities and things like that. So.
0: And if you can't tell, I'm a huge Audible fan. That's why I keep on saying here instead of read first. And um, yeah. it's another good way. Um, audiobooks is a great way to listen to um, Harry Potter. And if you're lucky enough to have the British version, you get Stephen Fry reading them to you.
1: I uh, I have the American version which is not being read by Stephen Fry. Um I'm looking his name up. He has a fantastic voice.
0: He does, um, but his voice for Hermione cracks me up because the way he pronounces it. <laughs>
1: <Allahamora. laughs> yeah. But I do like I do the American mail. voice a
0: yeah. lot as well. And there's a bit of my childhood built into that voice as well. So um so yeah, I do like I do like the American voice and I do love Stephen Fry, so listen to both. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, Jim Dale is fantastic. I think he really nails that he he does like this really funny voice for Snape where he talks a little bit like
0: this. And it's just really good. <laughs> or like when hermione talks like, Oh Harry <laughs> <It's good. laughs> has that little extended E. hmm
1: Oh, and he has a very good Hagrid voice. Um his voice for Hagrid is very good. Hello,
0: Harry. Hello, Hagrid. Um and yeah, it's interesting because he definitely has his own twists and personalities that's different from the movies. And so some people feel less energetic, but they feel more um, robust, and some um, characters feel um, more energetic. And it's just interesting the way he um, emphasizes their different styles and voices. He's just a very good voice actor.
1: Yeah, so they're all very good in very wonderful ways. But um, yeah, so we're, we're just going to be dedicating basically the whole podcast is just going to be um the book the first book we're gonna not really like separate the movie and the book we're just gonna gonna go back and forth on different topics that we enjoy about it
0: so, so um harry potter is one of those kind of books that you can kind of talk nonstop about you know every little detail like here and there the movie the books and stuff so um i think we'll probably just start off with the very basics um who's your favorite character
1: yeah. Um, I guess before we get to who's your favorite character, I do want to also say uh, we're not going to be talking about anything on here that hasn't been talked about someplace else. So don't expect any, like, brand new information you never thought about. We're probably not going to be as insightful as some major critics out there. And also, this is going to be filled with spoilers. Lots and lots of spoilers.
0: Like, who is Nate's favorite character? And other major dun, spoilers. Dun, dun, dun. No. <laughs> um, All
1: the spoilers. <laughs> um. This actually, if, if anyone knows me, they know for a fact that Neville Longbottom is my absolute, like, all-time favorite Harry Potter character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the only secondary to him is a character that comes up later on in the books. His name's Tonks, but it's definitely Neville. Neville Longbottom is my absolute favorite.
0: Neville is an interesting character. Stepping away from um just the first book, the whole parallel of Neville and Harry and the fact that it could have been Neville, but Voldemort chose mm-hmm. Harry is an interesting parallel um throughout the whole story because... He has an equally compelling story to Harry throughout yes. the whole thing, and
1: and you don't even learn that story until the,
0: I think it's Order of the Phoenix because four is the Goblet of yeah. Fire, so yeah,
1: yep, yeah, it's Order, yeah, it's Order of the Phoenix is where you learn just how depressing it must be to be Neville Longbottom, yeah, but but that's for a future episode because we're gonna be talking about these in a kind of a book by book by biweekly point, so um. Um, I'll just start out simple. Neville Longbottom (laughs) is a fantastic character. I will always love a flawed character over a perfect character any day. And if you ever want to talk about a flawed character, Neville Longbottom literally takes every single one of those. Your Mm. very first interaction with him is him being like, Grandma, I lost my toad again. And her just saying, how could you have just barely lost it? You already found it, and now it's lost again. (laughs) It just Uh, makes uh, for a really good, compelling story for him. Um, he he gets picked on all the time by Malfoy. Um, he gets picked on by his fellow classmates. Um, things like that. Um, but he has like even like in the first book, like at the second Quidditch match, he and Ron get into a fight with Neville Crab or with a uh, Malfoy <laughs> Crab and Goyle. Yep. Ron gives Malfoy a black eye, and Neville fought Crab and Goyle completely on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it just has like those wonderful little moments there. And then at the end, he, uh, he stands up to Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and they curse him so he can't stop them. But he was literally about to fight them. And he got points for it, like at the end of the movie for being Neville Longbottom. So mm-hmm. it's just fantastic to me. But uh, that, that's pretty much Neville in a nutshell. He's a very compelling character. He totally is a Gryffindor. Don't let anyone tell you that he's not. He encompasses every aspect of being a Gryffindor, in my opinion.
0: But, I think um, so, too. Yeah. Proven in, uh, in who, the last book as well.
1: Oh, 1000% proven in the last book with uh, physical proof, in fact. Uh, but who's who's your favorite uh character in the first book?
0: And uh, um like you I have another character who comes up a little bit later on who's um who kind of almost ties um Luna is kind of an amazing character. But in the that's, first that's book – that's that's house prejudice though. So. Yeah, yours isn't house prejudice at all. Um, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Um My favorite character is Himani. I love bookie characters, I love the bookworms. Like, in when I was watching Doctor Who as a kid, my favorite characters um, were, like, Nyssa and Adric, and those kind of really ha- smart characters, and um, Hermione is one of those characters, and I really like how she is a super intelligent, and she's trying to use her intelligence to make friends, and it's not working. And it's a really kind of compelling story of, like, kind of awkward, you know, I haven't had friends, to how do I get friends, and then now I suddenly have mm-hmm. friends story arc that you get in this that is, I think, really important for kids of that age to read. Yeah and understand that you know you can be friends with the nerd you can be friends with the you know the jockey kids you know it, you just just be friends and it's it's yeah. great. Um Hermione, though is she, I love her I love her moments. I love how scary she can be when she's like super in the thing in this couple of times like Rafael was like I, I don't want to ever get mad at her mad at me ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean it's pro- it's proven in the third book why you should never ever pick a fight with her so. Yes.
0: And so, um yeah. And yeah, she is a she is a fantastic character, and um, yeah, I love her just her development, her story, and everything about her. Mm. Um, but yeah, we kind of alluded um, to this when we were talking about our favorite characters. It's kind of hard not to. Um, mm-hmm. um, Nate, what's your favorite house, or what house are you? Uh so yeah, so
1: um, I am, I am pretty much a Hufflepuff. Some days I feel like I could be Gryffindor and things like that, but I feel like I'm mostly Hufflepuff. And um, my second house is uh, supposedly uh, Slytherin. I can kind of see it. It's kind of been done by some tests and things like that. But I'm definitely yeah. Hufflepuff. Yeah. And and your house?
0: Yeah, the tests I've done has always come up Ravenclaw. It's never come up anything but Ravenclaw. And so, and I can definitely see that. I like, uh, I I love everything about Ravenclaw. Um, and yeah, I think it also kind of reflects into our characters. Our characters are our favorite characters are both. Very much Gryffindors, but if they were another uh, house, what house would they be? Neville would probably be Hufflepuff, and I mean
1: Neville is also obsessed with plants. So. Yep,
0: and that's who the um, the leader of uh, the 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 house teacher is, um, Madam Spouts. and then of course mine is. Um Hermione, who could also have been a Ravenclaw, and then our second favorite characters are a hundred percent our houses. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, one thousand percent Tonks is through and through such a Hufflepuff, yes. and I love it so.
0: And uh, Luna is just so weirdly awesome, and she is a great Ravenclaw, and it's it, it's um a strength of the characters that uh, uh Ravenclaw would be so integral into the the Harry Potter gang and all the things. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, Ravenclaw showed up when it mattered.
1: Yeah, I mean you're <laughs> not wrong, and her her dad played a, her dad played a big part in it all. Oh, so yeah, her dad's great.
0: Um, yeah, and, yeah, the actor who played him was really good too. Um, but yeah, um, the that the sad part though is that Luna isn't in the first book. But that's one of the things that's really cool about the series is that they introduce you to in- really interesting characters as you go through, and there's always more to learn and explore as you go through the whole series.
1: Yeah. Also it is worth noting, uh, Luna wouldn't have been in the first book regardless, because she was not the same grade as Harry. She's the same grade as Jenny. So
0: Yep. Yep. oh so uh, there you go. Hua Bam. Who Bam <laughs> Um But Jenny was in the first book. Um she is That is true. She, she is, is at great. the platform. So yeah. um of course the first book, you know, takes us through the transformation of um Harry's story. We we start off with the world celebrating. And then we get um Harry in like the probably the worst living condition I was it could yes,
1: yeah it's it's really sad you know everyone always like harks to like the whole like he had to live in a broom closet underneath the uh the stairway which is like kind of sad but at the same time like he wasn't like stuck in there all the time and yeah he wait didn't, like he got a whole closet
0: did he even have a door <laughs> 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 but yeah but
1: like um yeah you know like. As much as, like, his... Not to, like, put any, like, positivity behind what his aunt and uncle did to him or anything along those lines, they did take him to the zoo, which is pretty cool.
0: They didn't want to take him to the zoo. The babysitter broke her leg and they tried everything they could not to take him to the zoo. But yes, they did eventually take him to the zoo. Um, the thing about the jerseys that I always thought was interesting was there's so much of their story that isn't told. Um... They obviously they are keeping Harry, which doesn't make sense unless you assume the letter that Dumbledore wrote them was so powerful that it would have kept them, made them keep him. And so there's there's kind of the unknown. Like, what did Dumbledore tell them? How much do they actually know?
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's also the aspect of, you know, like it is um, his mom's sister. And there is still that like as much as she hates like the wizarding world. And she understands it exists. It still has that aspect of like blood is still there kind of thing going yeah. on. So that's kind of like the under underlying part of it all. But
0: um, and of course, yeah, you have Dudley, who is the uh, incredibly spoiled step brother um, character slash cousin, that actually spoilers for our future things has a kind of an interesting redemption story and yeah. kind of becomes less of a bad person in the last books and I kind of liked how they ended with um Dudley in the in the last series. I was kind of surprised what the, she did with him so yeah
1: um it is also worth stating like the actors and actresses that they got to play them are so good at playing their roles in oh the God. movies like I I just cannot picture anyone else as Dudley after seeing him in, like, every single book where he goes from, like, being the fat, pudgy, like, stuck-up, snobby kid in the first one all the way to, like, becoming that bully leader like the gang character. Like, he encapsules that role so well. It's just, like, a fantastic actor. But outside of it, like, he's such a wholesome human from everything I've heard.
0: For Dudley? Yeah. The thing I always think is interesting, Doctor Who fans out there will probably know this. Dudley is the grandson of the second Doctor um, in real life, and so um, I always liked the actor that I played him, so I've always kind of, like, I he kind of made me like Dudley a little bit more because of that connection.
1: But yeah, I mean, that that's essentially, it's so like the first part of the book is just fantastic. It kind of opens up with this whole, like, the day that Voldemort, or he who shall not be named, has been defeated. mm mm-hmm. And then it, like, kind of goes to, like, Harry Potter getting dumped off on the doorstep. And then it cuts all the way to him, like, like a couple days before his birthday. Or I guess it's, like, a week before his birthday. Yeah, I don't remember. At a certain point in time before his birthday where he, like, starts getting letters through the mailbox and, like, mm-hmm. from owls and, like, all these ways that are just, like, you can instantly tell that the Dursleys are, like... Oh no! It's happening.
0: Yeah, we've been we've been we waiting for this moment his whole life so we could stop it. And the and the the slow decay of Uncle Vernon going into madness. Sanity. Yeah. There's even a scene where Dudley's like, "Has Daddy lost it?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the first time that you can tell Dudley's ever been yelled at is when he yells at them, telling him to get in the car, and he's crying, getting in the car. But it's the first time you can tell he's ever like done what he's told.
0: Yeah. And this um, in the books is that whole scene where he um he throws him and Harry both at the same time out into the hallway and shuts the door so he can talk to Betunia mm-hmm. um on their own. Yeah. And Dudley's like shocked. <laughs> and yeah. then they're fighting to see who gets to look through the the keyhole, and Dudley wins. And so mm-hmm. Harry has to look underneath the door. But um yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's little details like that which are very interesting. And then um, and then the of the course both um his aunt and uncle are. Very surprised that they knew that he lived in the cupboard, like they knew exactly which room because uh-huh. the, the thing said Harry Potter um under the cupboard, blah blah blah, and so they, yeah, out of like I think peer pressure gives him Dudley's second bedroom. Yeah,
1: and then um, it just has that whole thing where I I think it was really interesting how they did it in the book versus how they did it in the movie, where after like Hagrid goes and like grabs Harry Potter and says, "You're a wizard, Harry." And, like, takes him off to go shopping, and, like, it has that cool scene, like, where, like, you get to see Hagrid being out of place, where he's on the bus as a giant, like, half-giant. Like, he's just, like, uh, he's knitting, like, something, and he's, like, Harry says it's huge. They go about their, like, shopping trip, and they do all their shopping, and you get to meet um, Malfoy, and Malfoy's in there being, like, oh, it's so cool, and Quidditch is so nice, and blah, blah, blah.
0: Oh, in the books, yep.
1: Yeah, after all that's done, and Harry gets to like experience in the wizarding world, he has to go back to the Dursleys for like a whole other month. Yeah, which is like such a weird thing. I thought that was very good storytelling to like put Harry through this whole like look at all this wonderful magic, now go back there for another month.
0: And I love how they like introduce like Hagrid comes in, he bursts down the door, he does like a little bit of magic, but like Harry, you know, they go to sleep and they wake up, and the Dursleys have left, and Harry is alone with this this giant and there's this owl pecking at his jacket and he has to pay him and he learns about wizard money and the way she introduces you to different concepts like here's the money system here is owls delivering mail here's this it's these little packets of things and it's just it's just a really fun way to like open up the world
1: yeah she doesn't say in this world when you order a newspaper it's like hagrid says just pay the owl he brought the paper yeah, and they're like, "What do you do?" And it's just like fish around in there. Don't worry, something
0: might be wiggling in there. Yeah, she's definitely good at showing, not telling. Yeah, and I love, I love, we like you said the scene where he's in, the, in, in the public transport trying to figure things out, and Harry's helping him get through the Muggle world, and then it goes the opposite when they get to Diagon Alley yeah. and they go into the Leaky Cauldron, and then he has to totally navigate this other world and he's suddenly famous people are out shaking his hand and here's one of his teachers from the school there um you know wants to yeah, shake his he hand rec-
1: and he like recognizes a dude that like randomly recognized him on a bus when he was like younger
0: yeah and that dude is like, like super excited about it it's like oh my god yeah he remembers me <laughs> one thing that i thought was interesting is that um in the very beginning of the book there's a lot of talk about wild magic like he makes the glass disappear in the zoo, and Dudley falls oh, in. Yeah. He like jumps his on top hair. of his school. His hair goes. It's like these are interesting things. And the thing that I always thought was strange, um, that wasn't in the book is those powers seem to like go away as soon as you know anything about magic. Because like he could teleport, like as a young kid, without um, um, doing the whole turn inside out thing. He teleported to the top of his school. He jumped up there. It's like I'm wondering like. Is there, like, a like a part of, like, magic that, that the wizards don't really go into, this whole wild magic that could actually be even so, more? So, fun
1: fact, they do go into that with Neville Longbottom. Well, they there's talk about him. There's a scene yeah. where, yeah, so there's a scene where, like, they're all talking, his grandma's talking, like, oh, I was just afraid that he was going to be, a, oh, what's what's the name for non-magic Squibb. users? It's like, he was going to be a squib, and then something happened where, you're like, oh, thank God he does have magic.
0: Well, I love that scene because his uncle is dangling from his him from the foot outside the window and he gets distracted and accidentally drops him and he didn't mean to and he's like, Oh no, and they're all panicking and he bounces on the ground after he falls and it's it cracks me up every time I hear that story. But um but that whole wild magic what, section. What
1: what book is that in? That's it's in, in the first book. Is that in the first book? Okay. Yeah, um when they're
0: kinda of talking about where they came from and the the first kind of like when they're kinda of meeting and, um, he explains that to Ron and Harry, and um but yeah after the after you start learning at Hogwarts i't really they don't really have any random magic up here, which I always thought was kind of an interesting um thing that they could have explored more in the books that I think she didn't
1: I mean, I think there is kind of a little bit of that comes up like. I think the magic system is supposed to be like spontaneous in a way, but I think like having the wand and like understanding the power in your body kind of gives you better control over it.
0: I also, yeah, I also kind of think that maybe magic, if you don't use it, builds up and pours out when you're upset and angry. But I also think that that part is, I think, unexplained, but it's also why Voldemort is a strong wizard because he has more, I think, wild magic built in. So he's able to put more into his spells. And I think there's a little bit more of the um, understanding of magic that it's great. Cause we talked about this earlier um, is that when you define your, your magic too much, then you can't do crazy things with it. Like when, um, oh, actually that's future books. I'll get into the whole Ron, Harry and um, Voldemort interactions in the future books, but, um, but there's some cool stuff.
1: Um, I guess um, the other thing, so Pretty much at this point, we've talked about, like, how he has to go back there. Um, the next really fun part is the first time he has to interact with wizards in a completely new way. So he basically asks his uncle if he can get a ride to the train station to get to school. And his uncle says, oh, sure. Why not? Because we have to go and get this tailor move from your, your cousin anyway. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, they, they basically, they just drop him off and, like, laugh at him when they say, like, oh, there's no nine and three quarters. Looks like you're out of luck. And they just drive away laughing mm-hmm. at him. And, like, he has this moment where he's like, oh, no. What if this is all fake? Like, what if this is just a huge prank by my uncle and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, and he gets to meet Ron and Ginny and Fred and George. All the and, whole interaction
0: with his that family, yeah. not knowing who he was, and then going back and forth. And you hear the conversation outside the train it's a, it's classic i love that that interaction of the you get to feel how wholesome the dirt or the weasleys are from that interaction yeah yeah That they um because
1: they're not like oh, we're going to go meet a rich famous person they're just like oh hey that that was that was the harry potter like how about that and like you can tell that ron definitely chose to go sit there in the books because it was harry but he had also already met him so he was also his first like wizard friend that's not his brothers
0: also, he also mentions that most of the other compartments were already full, and so. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I love in the interaction is the twins, because the twins want to ask him if he remembers yes. about the, the the um the killing curse, and her, his her mom their mom forbade them from asking him right yes. then and there, and it was such a motherly thing that you mm-hmm. felt like this family knew each other forever, and it felt real. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I can almost bet you that they probably had a similar conversation with Neville. Uh, in regards to Neville, like off page and off screen, in some way, like do not ask Neville about his parents. Just do not do
0: it. Yeah. And then, um, the Ron talking about it and Harry overhearing the story. It was interesting because he reacted as if he overheard it, and immediately explained that he doesn't remember anything, and without Ron even asking, because he knows that that's what he's thinking because of that conversation he heard earlier. And that was like uh-huh. just another cool interaction, um, on the bus and. Yeah, and
1: and again you get your you get your first and second introduction to Neville there, first directly through Neville saying he lost his toad, and then second from Hermione trying to help Neville find his
0: toad. Yep, and you um meet Hermione there as well. Is that her first appearance? I think so. Yeah, that's her first appearance. Yes, right when he's
1: uh getting ready to turn um Scabbers yellow.
0: Yep, turn this fat rat yellow. Whatever the spell yeah. is. Sunshine Daisies,
1: Buttermellow, Turn This Big Fat Rat Yellow. Yeah. That's that, it. I think that I think that's
0: it. That yeah. That's it. Yeah. You hear that from the All definitive right. Harry Potter podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. If it's not that in the books, well, the books are wrong. Well, the oh. books are wrong. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but she she um I, I think it was really important. They actually took her line and made sure that it was in the book and in the movie was um Oh, you're doing some magic. Let's see it then. Like, if there's just something about how she says that. It's just so powerful, and I just love it.
0: And it speaks to a lot of her character because she is a mogul born So that could have actually been her trying to see the first bit of magic, like outside mm-hmm. of like what she's seen in her own life, like somebody actually casting a spell, um, for the first yeah. time. So because she doesn't correct him like right away. In the end, she's like, I don't think that's a real spell, but. Because she's been reading about it, she probably is like, well, "That doesn't sound like any other spell I ever heard." Yeah, I've
1: I didn't read that, and like in the movie, like she learns how to like turn like glass, like fix Harry's glasses and stuff like that. But in the book, like I think that's really her first interaction with like a wizard casting spells. Yeah, like, like actually casting, because like I'm sure she had something similar to uh, Harry's situation with like doing things that she didn't mean to control. And I wish they would have kind of talked about that with her, but
0: yeah. And I also think that, that it was interesting because she kind of wanders up and down helping him find um, Neville, find his toad. I have this feeling that like she never really found a place to stay on the train. Like she w- didn't know where to sit. And so, seeing somebody who needed help, she immediately latched onto it to feel like she was doing something instead of just wandering the hallways aimlessly, which is another like, good mark on her character. Yeah.
1: yeah. And a good mark on Neville's character for letting her do it. Yes.
0: Yes. That's why he <laughs> lost his toad again. Yeah. <laughs> and again and again and again and again yep. uh, and then of course the next, next cool thing that happens is we get to the castle we get to see that because that's one of the things I always love with books and movies is mm-hmm. seeing things that you've only imagined and seeing the Hogwarts yes. castle for the first time, seeing the dining room. With um, the music Yeah, and the stars above yeah. the like, It's only bewitched to be this. <laughs> you know, blah yeah. blah I read it in Hogwarts history I,
1: I, I read it in a Hogwarts history <laughs> Yes, I always, I always thought the way she said that in the movie was just weird. Like they should have retaken it or something. Yeah, because she like totally stutters and messes up the line. Like, but they just kept it for some reason. So you know, that could know. be like the hundredth take,
0: and they're like this is good enough. You
1: know? <laughs> well we're just taking this one, and she like maybe she just stumbling. She's like every time she says she get more tongue tied and laugh or something. But
0: and also you have to think about how many actual kids they had in that scene, and like hurting oh, yeah. them and making sure that they did the right thing probably was a nightmare,
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean that's part of why I liked the movie so much was like first off, they wanted to use all British actors to like really emphasize like British actors and like mm-hmm. a thing. I thought that was really cool, um and then like they just wanted it to like feel like a school, so they like let the kids run around, they almost kind of told them to like behave like they would at a lunch table. I think it's what I read someplace, don't quote me on that, but you know,
0: like just just sit down at the table and talk like you would, so. A really good job in the books. They have a, um, one of my favorite scenes. I don't think it was in the movie cause you've seen the movie more recently than I have. Um, when Dumbledore says he wants to say a few words and just says four random words and says, Thank you.
1: Yes, yeah, that's 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 not in the movie, unfortunately. And I wish it would have been. Ugh, it's but just so good. That plays
0: so much to his character. I
1: know. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just thinking about him with the first interaction with the mirror. Um,
0: I picture myself with a pair of socks. Yes. <laughs> Dumbledore is such an interesting character, but um, mm-hmm. one of the coolest parts, and one of my, I think, the most iconic parts of the book is the sorting hat scene. Yes, where each of the kids gets sorted into their houses, and what that is like. Like, of course, Malfoy gets it for like two seconds, like Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I um, I also love that um, in the book, the um, Ron's brothers all bully him they don't tell him how the sorting hat works yeah so he goes out to a completely terrified of the process it's like it really hurts <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. oh yeah that's right on. yeah and yeah uh, the whole
0: mystery of what's going to go on and you could tell that that's probably a school tradition like none uh, of those first years knew how the sorting happens and how it works and then, yep. then they gotta did. keep it a secret Yeah, yeah. but yeah you know the twins knew what they were ta- doing when they told him it would hurt <laughs>
1: yeah. oh yeah but yeah but, um and then um you get that the, every year the hat sings a new song which i always thought was just so endearing to me yeah. about the whole concept so and then you have
0: the student songs who singing the house songs and they get to choose their own tune and then we see twins sing a dirge Yeah. that was, that was <laughs> that's that's fantastic i love that one of the things that um, um i always thought was interesting is cuz we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier how um neville is definitely a gryffindor but you could see mm-hmm. him as a hufflepuff and yeah. um hermione is the same way you can see her as a ravenclaw 100% because of like her book knowledge her love for knowledge but one of the mm-hmm. things that um i always thought was interesting is that they were both gryffindors and i always wondered like because like we get to see how harry interacts with the the hat and how mm-hmm. the hat like his choice became the reason why he became a gryffindor is so that that's yeah. what he wanted I wonder if the the same thing happened with Hermione. Um, and I think that she definitely is a Gryffindor. I think everybody yes. is, is who, they, um, who they are. But she definitely embodies what we know about Ravenclaw in the books. And so it was, it was an interesting, it's interesting that she was Gryffindor. But then again, Gryffindor, she would have to be Gryffindor for the story reasons. So, yeah, yeah I, I would love to have actually known that real conversation between her and the hat.
1: I think my, my main reason to keep her in Gryffindor beyond that is um Ravenclaw are very um self secluded as far as like their research goes. So they wanna do their things like one on like on their own. When you kinda of break down like how the Ravenclaw does it, it's just like study, study, study and like don't don't interrupt me while I'm studying. She never has that like while she's reading a book being like, Don't talk to me, I'm reading. She'll be talking while reading the book. So she still has that like social aspect of like the study group thing. So that that's my other thing for that.
0: Ravenclaw um also values knowledge above all else, where Gryffindor, I think, values that friendship and values that kind of bravery and stuff as well yeah. as of course all the houses care about, you know, education 'cause they're all educational houses. But I think Hermione yeah. uses her brilliance, her smart her talent more to try to attract friends, even if she's not successful doing it that way than she was Trying to be a know-it-all, in um, in the story, I think she thought she could impress people with how well she knew it, and then people might forget that she came from a non- wizarding family. I think there's a little bit more to her yeah. psyche than just books and stuff. So I think even though she seems like a Ravenclaw, I think she in the end embodies the bravery and comradeship that Gryffindor um, prizes.
1: Yeah, yeah, because like even if you want to break that down, like um, Cedric Diggory. Um, He's he's super Gryffindor when you like really look at him, mm-hmm. but he's like the Hufflepuff because he's super nice to everyone. Like when everyone's, I guess, this is jumping forward again. We're going to go forward a book, but kind of like explain this better. Um, when everyone's bullying and being mean to Harry Potter and has those like Potter sucks buttons or what what does it say? Uh, like we'll get better. We'll get more into it yeah, when we get but, to the books. But yeah, yeah. But um, he's like generally comes up to Harry. He's like, hey, how are you doing? Like. He's like genuinely like a nice person. He's not even
0: wearing the badges. He's told his friends not to wear them. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things I think is also hard when you have these kind of ideal aspects of a house is when you have three main characters that you try to write a book around. At one point, they're going to embody pretty much all of the aspects of that because they're going to be a well rounded person and a well rounded character. And you'll have those kind of moments where, yeah, those things happen um, and you kind of do understand um so i just like randomly saw because um, i have harry potter in google and i just randomly saw this person's photoshop of harry as a uh, as a slytherin with Hermione with a kind of like a weird um straight unmessy cut being kind of a mean um slytherin next to him I'm <laughs> like that's just weird was <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't really yeah
1: um yeah so that that's the other thing too so like um I, I always felt like everyone had their primary house and their secondary house. So like my primary house is Hufflepuff and my secondary house is like Slytherin. Cause like, I do have some of those, like be cunning, be like, you know, like involved kind of like aspects of being a Slytherin. And I definitely feel like you have that like secondary Gryffindor, which is still like the, be a team player. Like everyone's your friend, like everything's fine kind of thing. So I, I just find that all very fascinating, but.
0: Well, yeah. going through the Gryffindor stuff, um, the person that I always thought embodied Gryffindor a lot, at least in the books, in my mind, was Um Wood. You only see yes. him a little bit in the movies, but his speeches and the way he talks and interacts with things just was is his, quintessential his losing Gryffindor. face. Yes, like
1: man, when he loses and he's trying to drown himself, it's like in the third book. I think <laughs> he's trying to drown himself, looking up in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but um yeah so basically the sorting ceremony is just fantastic i like all that um they get to have like a big feast and they they talk about all these british foods that just do not sound good to me like kidney pie and like stuff like that where i just don't want to try it but they talk about something i've always wanted to figure out how to make is pumpkin juice oh Mm. i want pumpkin juice so bad like i've had (laughs) butterbeer i've had i've had so many things but i'm just how would pumpkin juice work
0: I don't know, it's interesting. Um, pumpkin pie is quite good, maybe it's like a liquid pumpkin yeah. pie. Um, I know um the coffee drinkers in my house are very big fans of the pumpkin spice uh, creamer. Yep, that's
1: that's yeah, I'm a huge uh pumpkin spice person. I have a bottle of like I don't remember what brand is, but it's it's literally pumpkin spice and I put it on my cold brew every morning. But um like I just can't picture that in like a juice form, like a juiced pumpkin, you know, like orange juice, pumpkin juice. Like how do you make that?
0: Well, butter beer isn't really a beer. No, no. Why well, kind it's creamy some, like, and like buttery yeah, yeah. and stuff. So maybe yeah. maybe like your pumpkin creamer is what pumpkin yeah. juice is. Yeah. It's called pumpkin juice. No,
1: but but like huh? no. <laughs> I think of butter beer. I think of like root beer and like cream soda and stuff like that. When I think of pumpkin juice, like I want like apple juice but like pumpkin flavored. <laughs> So they talked about that a lot in this. Like every time I like read the books, I'm like oh, pumpkin juice. I'm going to figure this out.
0: Yeah. And then of course there is the peppermint. Was it peppermint twirls or something that like, it's like a candy that's in the thing. That's, it was oddly placed. And you know, later on you, that that's just something that Dumbledorf added because he likes like random sweets. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. They have like a uh, licorice ones, um, the Betty's uh, or not Betty's. Um, Every flavoured beans, um Betty Bob?
0: Oh birdie bots.
1: Oh. Birdie bots, yeah. Every flavored beans, uh wizard caps, uh chocolate frogs. Like I just love the world that she makes just by like talking about these sweets that only exist in the wizarding world for whatever reason. Like they mm-hmm. don't eat like Snickers or anything like that. Yeah,
0: Harry's looking for a Mars bar on the in, in in the thing and the lady at the thing didn't have one. So he took one of everything else. But um well, yeah. lots of everything else. Um, the castle itself, as you kind of go through, it's just so cool. Like the different aspects, like the paintings and the way the paintings. The castle,
1: the castle is a character. I think that's my favorite thing you can do is when you make the setting a character. Yeah, like the the moving staircases and
0: yeah, the paintings that that the people don't stay and they talk to you, the fat lady
1: yeah yeah it's it's not in the movies but there's the uh the disappearing steps on this on the stairwell that neville always steps on Mm-mm. that everyone else steps around but he's always the one that almost falls through it
0: i think it's a later book but there's also the night that mm-hmm. travels all the the different paintings um uh,
1: that's that's in the, the third one as well yeah
0: and then there's um there is what was i was gonna say traveling bookcase paintings but yeah, I mean the whole the whole castle itself is amazing. The the star ceiling, the way the candles float, and Woke. just yeah. and as funny in the movie, I've noticed in watching the movie again, there are details that are there that you would only know kind of from the video games of Harry Potter. Like there yes. is the house cup like where the gems get collected. It's in mm-hmm. the actual dining room. You see it in a couple of the movies in the corner of your eye but they don't really go over it in the movies. In the book, they kind of just talk about how you get points, but they don't really tell mm-hmm. you how to tally them. And in the video games, you see that tally machine, like little gems yeah. falling into these little jars. Goes, blink, 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 and blink, blink. I was watching it and they, that's the house cup tally thing. That's where they got it from the video game. It's like these little details that are still there, but you just don't see. Oh, I, I was going to yeah, say earlier, it's... sorry. Yeah. I was going to say the ghosts are something oh, that yes. the, the movie kind of goes lightly over.
1: Yeah, you get to meet nearly headless Nick. Which is nice, but you, like, kind of meet the Bloody Baron. But you don't get to meet Peeves.
0: You don't get to meet Peeves. And you don't get the cool, um, drunken... um Not drunken, but the fat friar that is the Hufflepuff ghost. Who's the only kind ghost to them when they first get into the castle. Yeah. Um,
1: well, uh, to be fair, that is, in fact, House Hufflepuff's ghost. Yeah. So. That's, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, um, and then... Because you don't meet the Ravenclaw ghost till way later. But, um... She doesn't really like to talk to people, um, but um, but yeah, the the certainly headless dick is one of, is an incredibly fun character in the series. Um, they picked a beautiful actor for it. Um, one of the Mighty Python um, yes. cast, John Cleese, and they hardly use him in the movies. It's so sad because mm-hmm. he is such a good actor, and they could do so much, but. Yeah but yeah, i we'll, understand we'll talk
1: about him more when we get into the second book yeah
0: there's more to him in the second book and this one it's he basically reveals why he's
1: called nearly headless nick to uh yeah okay like he, he literally tilts his head off and like you can see it's still attached a little bit and like he exposes his throat and like it's so funny in the movie um where, like he does it, everyone goes ew like yeah. a kid would it was just like such like a magical moment that again didn't need to exist, but like was so vital in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's just world building things. Um, the ghost of of Hogwarts is quite cool. Um, the castle is quite cool, and you have that kind of fraternity feel like when you go through it. Like you know that people have been through this a lot, and this is like the, the traditions and the habits and stuff that have been passed down. Like if you look, if you really like boil down the House Cup tournament. I think any modern wizard school probably wouldn't have, like, a a merit-based point system that would cause kids to hate each other if they did things wrong. Um, But, you know, it's so ingrained in what makes Hogwarts Hogwarts that there's no way they could get rid of it. And there's a lot of things like Mm -hmm. that Um, throughout the thing where you feel like there's definitely traditions that have been passed down, and it kind of creates think from being a person who's never been to a private school has never had those kind of things yeah, it was there, yeah. it was definitely a magical part of the story maybe people who've gone to traditional schools are like oh yeah that's that's you know this
1: but so so my my perfect example of this is again when I was reading the books when I was very young I misread the word prefect once and I just read it as perfect forever because I have really bad dyslexia
0: I did the exact same thing perfect the whole time yeah so
1: my my brain was just like that is perfect that's perfect that that is the word perfect perfect
0: it makes sense too cut in context yeah, yes
1: yes yeah, so, like, when I was watching the movies, they kept saying prefect. I was like, man, British people say perfect really weird. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. That's hilarious. But, yeah. Because I thought the um, same thing yeah, about so,
0: British pronunciation of perfect as well. <laughs> like, well, because, so you know, like, they, they
1: call, like, because um, it's Jaguar and aluminium. So I was like, well, yeah. you know, maybe it's just perfect. Yeah. So I don't know. But but that's that's a completely different thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I guess pretty much after this, you know, like, you get to see him experience being students. Like, Harry goes from, like, man, this place is so magical to, ugh, class sucks. Like, almost immediately. It's yeah. really funny where, like, he goes to class with Snape, and he's like, I hate potions. Potions yeah. is the worst you know to mankind. And he hates history of magic because it's taught by the most boring ghost known to mankind. And then you and have... it just
0: keeps that trend up. <laughs> and he actually, in the movies, there's a character that... um. Doesn't really show up for me in the books. Like I, I he's there, but I just can't gloss over him. And it's the um the kid who whose potion explodes. I'm trying to remember his name.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. It's it's actually
0: Seamus. Seamus, Seamus Finnegan, Finnegan. that's but, right. Yeah. Um he he that actor and what they did with his character in the movies really just made that character more than just a background character. And I always liked I always liked that for that.
1: Yeah, he's he's actually a part of the gang. Like he's actually like friends with Fred and George and all that stuff.
0: And then on the, on the the flip, I believe it's Dean Thomas who does all of the Quidditch announcements as so much more oh, of a character so in the book. Good. And McGonagall, like, correcting him every time. He's like, he likes one of the, the, um, the girl um, um, keepers, and so he keeps and, on like complimenting her. And I was like, same <laughs> or like, yeah. after that disgusting yeah. bit of cheating from the Slytherin. Yeah, got what he deserved. <laughs> I'm, I'm only
1: talking. kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I think it was, was it Dean that was the person or was it Seamus? I can't remember. I want to say it was Dean. Uh, Don't quote us on this. The point is we're saying these are very fun, like, like, quote unquote side characters that are just so endearing in like creating like a very like open school system where it's not just focused on like these like four characters. Because the other thing that the movies kind of did in a different way than the books did, um, I honestly feel like Neville was a part of the gang. Like, I really feel like it was the four of them going through a lot of this together because Neville is there with the dragon thing going on mm-hmm. and all that stuff and like he's involved in a lot of the major things going on and like in my opinion he's the the true hero at the end of the the series who like leads the whole revolt essentially is the best way to put it but
0: Yep, Tom Riddle is the true hero of the – no, uh, that's, the next, that's the next one. i will check it. But, you know, um, Neville is <laughs> but, actually yeah. a lot more of a character. And it's interesting because, like, in the movie, they kind of – to simplify things, they made it the, the main three who got in trouble and had to do the, um, the detention. But Neville in the book was there. And the thing about Neville in the book is that losing the 50 points to Gryffindor really hit him. Like, he cried himself to sleep that night. He was worried that people would hate him, and they did. And it really builds up to the end of the book, when he stands up to them, why he was doing what he was doing. In the movie, it's a lot weaker because you don't have that buildup. You don't have the reasons behind it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and um, something happens. I don't remember how it works, but Harry Potter gets really hurt, and Neville's also crying and sad about that.
0: Yeah. Neville's just like somebody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Neville is just... Like such an endearing, wonderful character, and uh, as a complete side note, um, that actor he really glowed up. Like he is a very, very handsome-looking gentleman now. That is like a very fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays this really minor role in this movie called The Terminal, and I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? So I like looked him up, and I was like, that's Neville. No way, that's Neville <laughs> <Yeah. walking> Bottom. <laughs> but um, he's he's just a great actor. So yeah.
0: And yeah, he did a really good job playing him in the movies. And his transformation yeah. throughout the movies mm-hmm. is Im- immense. From, you know, bumbling hero to heroic, true hero at the end. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And, um, but yeah, I really do like, um, I like how the books handle Neville better. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, another character we haven't really talked about, um, Malfoy, is incredibly well played by the actor who played malfoy yes um i feel always bad for people who play bad characters because they get so much of the hate that the character goes in there but Um, man he did so good
1: (laughs) i will say that um so he's he's very prominent on social media these days he actually did some like uh some really funny TikTok things where, like, he had people try and have, like, try and say Potter like he says it and, Mm -hmm. like, he, like, judges them on, like, how well they do it? So he's, like, really tried to separate himself from, like, being the evil person by, like, being very interactive with the community. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, Every interaction I've ever heard is he loves Harry Potter fans. Like, every time mm-hmm. people come up and, like, ask him for his autograph, he'll say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, tell me what was your favorite scene? Like, what did you like? Like, why did you hate Neville so much? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like stupid, stupid little things like that. And he'll be like, like, I've just heard that. He's just like, why do you hate Harry Potter like I do? <laughs> like, just funny little things like that. But, um,
0: yeah, The actor is in um a season of The Flash. And it was mm-hmm. incredibly, like hard for me sometimes to separate him from that character because he's all those all those guys are those characters even like watching like um potter you know how to be a wallflower and those kind of movies stuff like it's really hard to kind of separate those characters from who they were but he did a really good job at being uh, in that in that series that was like yeah yeah, he's he's a good actor on top of being good at being malfoy (laughs) but yeah
1: yeah i i absolutely agree um so i guess um so basically we have that whole interaction where they start going to classes and like Mm -hmm. you can definitely tell harry potter's like oh this is cool it's magic but it's also school so this kind of sucks you know he tries not to do the studying part and more like the being fun and being away from like the dursley's aspect of it all um but yet like the first sign of him being like a true hero is uh during the flight class Mm -hmm. uh basically where like all the first years are going to get like official training on how to fly on a broom and long story short neville being neville messes up really bad and falls from really uh high height and crashes and that act- actually has to get taken away by the teacher but he leaves behind his remember all which i think is like one of the coolest like aspects of this whole thing too is like she just creates all these like random doodads and magical spells that just mm-hmm. don't need to exist but for some reason they do and it's just cool it's just like a ball you hold in and it tells you you forgot something mm-hmm. which uh, it's Neville. He always forgot something. <laughs> so, like, I, problem it's is,
0: just, I don't remember what I've forgotten.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it's just funny like that. But Malfoy like takes that. He's like gonna go fly it up and put it someplace high. And Harry Potter says, "Don't do that. That's Neville's. Give that back to me." And Harry like defies Malfoy and proves that he's like a really good flyer, despite this being his first time ever on a broom. He like dives like fifty yards straight down and catches a remember all before he can hit the ground and break. Mm-hmm. And it just like shows off like Harry Potter's like this this hero that will stand up to like a quote unquote villain.
0: The one that 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 scene in the movie is the most irritating part of the whole movie series for me is with Neville, is when Madam Hooch says, "Okay, when I blow my whistle, kick off." And then she blows her whistle. Neville's the only one kicks, kicks off, off, and then she gets all mad at him. He gets all nervous and goes off. It's like. In the book, it's it's um, don't go before, and he he takes off before she blows a whistle. But for some reason, in the movie, they have her blow mm-hmm. her whistle, and then he takes off, and she acts like that wasn't what she just told him to do. And yeah, like, exactly. Um, <laughs> and my favorite thing too is he doesn't
1: even kick off. Like she blows her whistle, and he floats up. Yeah, he doesn't kick off or anything like that. He just starts floating, and they all watch him like they're not supposed to be doing it too. It, I agree with you; it's very peculiar because in the book, like, like she says, "All right, everyone, mount up your brooms, so and when I blow the whistle, softly kick off." And he's
0: like, "Whoa!" Exactly. And she's like, "No, what are you doing?" Yeah, I think she actually blew the whistle in the take, and they just kept it. And I'm like, it just bugs me. Yeah, but um, yeah, but of course, from this whole beautiful scene of him, like you said, getting the remember all and yeah. Drake uh, throwing it, he catches it in front of um. A teacher's window, and one of the big things about the scene is that they're not supposed to be flying in Madame Hooch is away. And she said that she would expel anyone who did. Um, mm-hmm. and then Harry not only is flying, he catches the ball in front of uh, McGonagall, his house leader's like classroom, and she sees him. And then she comes out and she pulls him out. And then you, you think, Oh no, he's gonna get expelled, or he's gonna get in major trouble. And, then... and he
1: th- he thinks that through the entire process exactly, because and...
0: right? she
1: goes she she does the most wonderful thing. She goes and pulls a, a random student out of a classroom. Because oh um in the book, uh, she says goes to one of the classes and she says, "Excuse me, can I borrow Wood?" And the thing that goes through Harry's brain is, "Is that a beating rod named Wood? Is yeah. she going to beat me?" <laughs> And then he comes out and then he's confused that he's pulled out and walking with this random kid.
0: What is this going to be? It,
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's just so funny, but basically like you were going to say, um, she pulls him out and says like, I found you a seeker for the Quidditch team.
0: I love that scene um, in the um, movie that when he's like, oh, I'm a, a seeker now. And he's like, but I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. And I love the scene because it's not in the book the movie, Himani pulls him into the trophy room and points to a trophy with his dad's name on it. It's like, your dad was a mm-hmm. seeker, and he was a good one. And um, in the movie, McDonald just in passing go said that his dad was a seeker. And yeah. I think yeah. actually this is one of the few points where the movie, I think, improved on the story. Because mm-hmm. it really endears 100%. you a little bit more than- to Himani at this time when she's not really endeared yet. And it really kind of builds that. You get to see that trophy uh, with his yeah. dad's name on it, which is just cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, like, you get, like, the flash forward where he goes through, like, his training montage and, like, Wood is super impressed with just how good of a flyer he is and all that stuff. And um, they have their first Quidditch game and, you know, like, despite the odds of, like, basically there's, like, a spell cast on him and Hermione run, like, sneak in and, like, save the day, Um, he, like, catches the snitch against all odds by, like, catching in his mouth and all the Slytherin players are, like, calling foul because you're supposed to
0: catch it. There's nothing says so you can't use your mouth. Has that whole thing going? Yep, and yeah, and he wins the first Quidditch game, and yeah, it's just really cool and it's a very important moment in, like, the Harry's character development because all the way up to that point he's doubting whether or not he even belongs here. He's not good enough to be a wizard. He has all these self-doubts, like, maybe there's a mistake, maybe one day they'll find out that they picked the wrong kid, and this is the first time something naturally happened. Like, when he um, wanted the broom in his hand, he it happened um, immediately. Everybody yeah. else was still trying to do stuff. And it was the first thing that made him feel like he was part of the Wizarding World properly.
1: Yeah, yeah it, was the, it was the first time he had, like, succeeded without any help in any way, yeah. shape, or form. It was the only
0: part of magic that was, like, so easy that it was natural to him. And, um... Yeah. And the, yeah, it was definitely a huge turning point in his um, story. And Quidditch itself is an amazingly fun thing. That's a whole episode there. We could probably talk about Quidditch. But it's another world-building thing that feels real. And I do I, I do, really enjoy, like, for part being not necessarily a main focus of the stories, Quidditch was always a really fun part of the book that I was excited about. Um, mm-hmm. Like, theoretically, you could take Quidditch completely out of the, of the books and apart from one's very cool scene at the end of the of the last book um there isn't really much that ties into the story that is important mm-hmm. but it is yeah. such a fun and really interesting part of the books that i always enjoyed the quidditch scenes and i was always sad like i think the fourth book they kind of replaced the quidditch with um with a with a Tri Wizard. and i was like okay i get that yeah you can't do both but i miss my quidditch games yeah
1: Um, So, I liked Quidditch so much that um, the next year after I read the first two Harry Potter books and the third one came out at the Scholastic Fair, they also had a little itty-bitty teeny-weeny little book that was called Quidditch Through the Ages.
0: Yep, I remember that book.
1: And, man, I bought that so fast. (laughs) I thought it was the coolest thing in the world.
0: I, um, um, yeah, I actually went on, because we, my brother and I were, just when I was getting into this, um, we just started getting into Photoshop and InDesign mm-hmm. and I actually created a very rudimentary, basic card game for Quidditch where um it had a really cool mechanic. I remember like really like the mechanic where Wait,
1: wait, wait. Are you are you telling me that you designed a board game?
0: Yeah, it was a CCG before the Harry Potter card <laughs> game came out, and when the card game came out, I was so bummed. But um I did mm-hmm. one that was just focusing on Quidditch and I my favorite mechanic was the golden snitch is a card in your opponent's mm-hmm. deck. Both of you have one. And what you have to do is you have to cut directly to it in the deck. So the, the more you play, the less cards there are, the more chances you are to cut it. And then you have other cards that will let you like look at the card above and below, or so, and widen the net as you go through. And mm-hmm. you can play them and do stuff, and you can find the snitch as you go through as you're trying to get quaffles and kind of get other points. And so I had this really fun card game, and then the, the actual CCG came out, and then they made a Quidditch game. And it was like, ah, oh, there's so many mm-hmm. cool things you could have done with this. I was so bummed. But um but yeah, <laughs> those was...
1: the early the early Harry Potter board games were not designed well. I had the uh, I had the Sorcerer's Stone board game where you went through like the final trials at the end of the first book. Mm-mm. They were not good. It <laughs> sucked.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I think I had that too. Now I'm thinking yeah. about it. I think I played it once and never played it again. But yeah, Quidditch yeah. was something that's really caught my imagination. I love the old um was it Super Nintendo? No, sixty four Quidditch game. Where you could play as um, all the characters and stuff, and you had to yeah. do it team.
1: I, I had the I had that Game Boy Advance version. Oh, that's what I had. Game. That one was really Game fun. Boy Advance.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. always I always made a point to get enough qu- Quaffle wins that the Snitch, even though I did try to get the Snitch as well, didn't matter for me winning. I always mm-hmm. felt like the Quaffle like gets outshined by the um, the Snitch too much, and I wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. grabbing the Snitch was like I got like more on top of what I did, but I was gonna win because yeah. of Quaffle wins. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah um so i guess at this point the show's getting a little long but uh we'll just kind of get through this really quick um so well pretty
0: much said most of everything right
1: no we haven't gotten to norbert yet <laughs> no we haven't done norbert uh, and we haven't done Yeah, the so actual we haven't talked story. about norbert we haven't done the actual story which you know and if you want the real story just read the book we're just talking about things we like yeah but, but like norbert man oh, norbert is such a fun thing that's just like they cut almost all of the wonderful Norbert parts out of the movie, mm-hmm. like Ron getting bit by Norbert and then being worried that he's going to
0: lose his arm and he's mm-hmm. going to die.
1: And the fact that um, um,
0: because of that, it was Neville that went into the forest for detention, mm-hmm. not him. Building Neville's yep. character up, like we talked about earlier, um, was a huge character development part for the, the, the characters that um, you just completely missed there. And it's also other big parts that we haven't really talked about, like the invisibility Club, the Christmas, mm-hmm. um, scene, and then the the mirror. Yeah.
1: Oh, the the Christmas scene. I do want to talk about that. Like my favorite Hagrid moment is in that scene where Hagrid gets really drunk at the Christmas dinner and he kisses Pref- uh, Professor McGonagall on her cheek, and she blushes. And that's the first time you've ever seen like Professor McGonagall like blush or like giggle in any yeah. way, shape, or form in the books. Because other than that, she's usually just stern.
0: But yeah, um there's just so much to the story and this you can see why we wanna break this down to like one story per book. The problem with the first book, and it's always gonna be the problem with the first book, is that we're also talking about everything that is Harry Potter, like coming yeah. into it. And so there's all these little aspects of like Quidditch and all these other things that will kind of Wizard's chest. Wizard's chest. Oh, and then like like my favorite scene with um Hamani in the end with the whole devil snare scene, it's like you're a witch, aren't you? Yeah, there's some really great moments.
1: And then, uh, of course, everyone always complains about the end where basically Slytherin won because Slytherin got all the points. And then uh, Dumbledore just goes, no, actually, (laughs) I I make the rules here. (laughs) And um, I guess that seems really important to talk about because, like, you know, like at the end, like Slytherin's winning by a lot and they reward all these points to Gryffindor. So they're just like five or like some points shy of like beating Slytherin. And then they go, and for Neville, for standing up to your friend's because it's the right thing to do, even if it's not your favorite thing to do Or Like however he says it, he mm. gives them points just because Neville like literally tried to fist fight Harry Potter and Ron <laughs> and Hermione to get them to stop trying to leave. <laughs> yeah, Cause they were like, stop losing points.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Neville, ne- Neville's pity points at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And he won the, he helped win the cup and it was um, definitely a great scene. And there's so many good parts of the books that we just haven't had time to go over. Um, But, yeah. you know... It's read not... the books! Just read yeah. them! And, yeah. Oh my God. It's just so many, so many things to talk about. Fluffy. We didn't even yeah. talk about Fluffy. Um, oh,
1: Fluffy! We didn't talk about him at all, but, you know, Fluffy's wonderful.
0: Fluffy's wonderful. And basically harry potter the introduction of why we love harry potter
1: why we love harry potter and also book one because let's be real book one is also like the lightest of the books where it's like you get to see a kid go off to school and experience being in school and then fight like a super awesome powerful entity yeah and then like live to tell the tale
0: and one of the funny things is that we talk about this and we hardly talked about at all magic like spells in general it's all about like the world building because that's what the first book is really doing is it's really introducing you to all the aspects of the world and all these characters who are just going to um just become even cooler and better as the stories progress
1: yeah like and it's funny too because like even not even talking about harry potter's like magic system at all as a kid growing up i played a lot of like final fantasy so like in my brain magic was always just like i cast fire i cast ice like like very like cut and dry like i cast cure but when you look at like the harry potter setting it's just like i made a feather float yeah and that's way cooler than casting a fireball <laughs> yeah i mean it is worth stating like um my dog's name is newt um as in Newton's Commander. so um he did get that name partially because like i've always thought that Uh, fantastic beasts was like the coolest book slash class in the setting but then to get to see him like played as by like one of my actual favorite actors was really Mm -hmm. cool in my opinion so
0: i do like those movies the the um the parallels to dr who is quite big in those movies um Mm -hmm. with this suitcase that's bigger on the inside um
1: the car the car in the second book is bigger yeah and it looks. So. And I it's love. We'll
0: talk about this again in the probably second book. But I love how the mom doesn't realizes that that's not a muggle thing. That that's actually a spell. Yeah. She's like, these, <laughs> these muggles are really good at making this really roomy in here. <laughs> like, yeah, like it doesn't look like it, but it's so good. Yeah. Oh, cracked me up. <laughs> like, oh, there's a little bit of uh Mr. Weasley gaslighting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is so much, so many cool little details and stuff in the series. Um. That yeah, we'll probably go into more stuff um in the other books and probably be more on the plot on the other books because we we don't necessarily need to talk about why we love Quidditch so much and stuff like that. But, but we probably but will. Will
1: we be on the plot? Will we be on the plot? No.
0: Where, where's my Harry Potter RPG? I want to become a student.
1: Um, you know, um, our our good friend of ours um was actually designing that for a while. And once he got it all put together, um, everyone was like, eh, "I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't know what we do." So, so do he it. has he has stuff put together for it. So we could do it, and like, we could be like,
0: be like, you know, the first best friends between Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff have adventures together. <laughs> do this. I mean, I'll,
1: I'll ask him if he if he still has the rules someplace if he wants to run it or something.
0: Yeah, like hundred percent. So, we'll be hundred percent wanna be a um, student.
1: The uh, uh, option B is um, for all the D and D nerds out there. Strixhaven's. Uh, core rule mm-hmm. book is coming out in uh december 6th or december 7th and that's basically harry potter so
0: i kind of want to do magicians with that That was kind of one of the things i was thinking about doing is that kind of mm-hmm. slightly darker world um but yeah that is mm-hmm. yeah um, that's harry potter uh, yep yeah. um did you have anything you want to talk to uh, about outside the world of harry potter or connected to the world of harry potter that isn't the uh, first book well as uh first as my non-related to harry potter thing um i did
1: pick up metroid dread finally i was kind Ooh. of in this spot where i didn't want to spend the money on video games because i have a lot that i haven't played yet but um i really like metroid and um i was able to find the amiibos which i i collect i don't know if i showed these to you yet but oh, that's cool i was able to pick these up so i've been playing that it's probably my favorite metroid game to come out so far which is which is saying a lot because Fusion's my favorite but um, but as far as like uh, related, this is also something that you're doing. Um, I bought a bunch of Harry Potter Lego sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, my project is not nearly as big as yours is, but I've been putting <laughs> those together. Do you want? Are you going to talk about your
0: Lego yeah, project? Yeah, um, that is definitely something I want to talk about. Um, so uh, the latest Harry Potter um, sets are these kind of cool interlocking module sets that create... Um, rooms, individual rooms that are like little well, rectangle rooms. I don't know why I'm trying to pull one off to show because you can't see it. It's a podcast, but you can hear with your mouth. Um, <laughs> ears, I mean, hear with your mouth. Um, if I can show Nate because he's looking at a video. Um, I'm yeah. I'm putting together all of the common rooms. Um, that the set doesn't come with. You can get a Gryffindor common room if you buy I think hundred dollars worth of Legos on le- on Lego dot com or Lego stores. Or at least you used mm-hmm. to. Probably by the time this comes out, it's probably no longer a thing. But um, I got two of them and I separated them out. So I put the, a bed in each of the common rooms and I kind of created common rooms that would fit the theme. And I even found an old like, um, an old fat lady, um, piece from an old Lego wow. set that spins. Around. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the early yellow ones. Yeah. And so I've been looking on eBay for parts and stuff because I want to basically make a full Hogwarts castle. Um. And then yeah, the the set itself is beautiful. Like the regular Hogwarts Castle yeah. comes with one of my absolute favorite Lego pieces I've ever seen, which is Professor Lockhart's painting of himself painting himself, but in Lego figures. It is the coolest <laughs> like Lego um piece I've ever had. I'm like I love this so much. And Lockhart is great.
1: So I um I've always loved like the Lego humor
0: like where mm. Lego
1: is just so like we're gonna be on the source material but don't expect it to be like serious in any yeah. way shape or form. It's just really good.
0: Um, and so I've just been expanding upon it. My first one I did um was um, he
1: he does have pictures of these on his Instagram, just so you guys know. So I highly recommend checking it out. They're yeah, really
0: cool. Lego is a hobby. I've never tried kit bashing. I never tried mm-hmm. expanding upon a set like this before. So I'm having a lot of yeah. fun. And I think my nephews um are gonna have a lot of fun when it's all done because each room has characters doing different things. And I've been collecting, yeah. trying to get more students um from all the different houses and then doing stuff. So the actual piece once it's all all said and done will have a lot of kind of fun things to look at and find.
1: But yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. But yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and cut the episode right here. Um, Sorry this one's a little bit longer, everyone. I hope you're ready for a lot of uh, Harry Potter stuff. But uh, uh, thank you so much for for listening to us. And um, bi-weekly, we will be talking about a lot of Harry Potter for the foreseeable future. So if you don't like Harry Potter stuff, I'm so sorry. Um, If you do, please keep listening.
0: Yes. And... um yeah we'll see you in the next one yeah yeah um definitely um, we'll be doing more harry potter stuff in the future it's a lot of fun um but yeah i've been um andrew and you can find me on my um, youtube under timelapse gs all one word or uh, my twitch account with the same words and yeah yeah
1: twitch.tv slash uh timelapse gs is where that one is. Yes. Um, and then again, I'll link to his Instagram, and the link is uh, below. It's also time ups GS, if I remember correctly. I, I've been Nate's, and uh, you can find me pretty much just on my <laughs> Instagram. Uh, it's uh, Nate and Newt Campbell, um, where I just post stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And for now me. you know the
0: trivia that Newt is uh, his dog. Yeah.
1: Now you know why my dog's name is Newt. A uh, little fun factoid for you, yeah. also. Newton's Commander <laughs> Campbell. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, that's, uh,
0: that's
1: us. Yeah, uh, thank you for so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Fundamental Nerd Podcast.
0: Uh, bye bye for now.
1: so much for listening to our podcast I just want to start out really quick by saying thank you so much to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song One-Eyed Maestro from Incompetech you can find a link to that song in our show notes as well as a link to all of our social media Uh, we'd also like to invite you to uh, head to our Facebook group and leave some comments and kind of talk about some of your favorite nerdy things other than that I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and you live your best life Bye bye